Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. Oh, what a day. Welcome. IGN UK podcast with me, Simon Cardi. Al, you look to me there like you don't agree that what a day it is. I, I, it's not about the day. It's about the, oh, <laughs> what a, I thought you were going to burst into song. I was like, Jesus like, Christ, what I don't what know I how to start a podcast, I just make a noise and it gets me going. So there okay. we go. <laughs> so it, to speak. Is that how um, you get out of bed in the morning making that yeah, sort of racket? Yeah, I just go, oh. <laughs> yeah. And your mum's downstairs going, oh, fuck's sake, he's awake. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I, I just I've always wanted to be Tarzan, and that's the closest I can do to uh, his uh, his noise. It's I've not a very Tarzan in a while. It's not a very guttural noise. It's no. more of a I was thinking more sort of Warner Brothers cartoon noise. But I'll tell you that also, okay. Matt. What's your wake up noise? Uh, not that. It's, okay. it's, it's, it's the it's the Android generic alarm noise. Oh, see, I have my alarm. I actually still have an alarm clock deliberately because I have it like, on the other side of my room, so it forces me to like get out of bed and walk to I turn see. it off, so I wake up. Is it a but novelty alarm clock? I used to have no, a Wallace no, and Gromit a... one when I was a kid. <laughs> it's probably one I've had for almost 15 years. Like It's one from Argos. That's how like, I haven't been in an Argos in like 10 years, probably. So oh, my God. I've, I go um, to Argos, I would say, almost every weekend. Really? Ooh. I haven't looked in the catalogue. Do they still have physical like book catalogues, or is it all digital? Mm, these days? I don't. I don't know. They certainly don't have them in store. It's all touchpads yeah, in yeah. stores. Most of them are in Sainsbury's now as well. Oh, there we go. The things you learn. <laughs> but yeah, occasionally I do like I don't know once every couple of months. Like I think we all do. It. Like I sleep on my arm and I wake up and my arm is completely numb. Like pins and needles so bad that like I go over to my alarm clock and I'm trying to turn it off, but I can't feel anything at the end of my fingers. So I'm just like des- I can't put any pressure on the alarm clock to turn it off. It's a desperate few seconds. I must look like a maniac if you <laughs> I am um, I don't think I've had to be woken up by an alarm clock for probably fifteen years. So Yeah. Well, I do. There we go. Otherwise you wouldn't get any work out of me and we wouldn't want that, would we? Um, no, we wouldn't. No. Um, what a day it is, though. I say that because... Well, what a day it is to me, anyway. I mean, we've got a new Spider-Man game that everyone can play. That's a good start to a day. Also today, a new Martin Scorsese film you can go and see. Isn't that a treat? I haven't seen it yet. I'm going to need to find three and a half hours in my busy work life to go see it. But I, I'll be, find the time. It's supposed to be very good. I, I can't. I've been looking forward to this for years. I will find the time. Um, um, I'm and, going to the cinema tomorrow, actually. Are you? Come I'm, on, come I'm going to see Taylor Swift. Oh, I'd also like to see that. Uh, Are you yeah. going to dance at the front, Al, like all of these teenage girls have been doing? What do you think? <laughs> yes. Or you might want to get involved and become part of the cult of Swift. I will enjoy it because I've listened to a lot of Taylor Swift lately, but at the same time, I'm not getting out of my seat and going down the front and dancing. I'm- I'm right thinking you and your family are going to the actual tour next year, yes, right? Yes, yes. Like, were there not, was it a no, like, were there no talks of like, do we not want to go see this? Do we want to save the surprise for the My daughter the is real obsessed, thing? honestly. Oh, right. There was no way it wasn't going to happen. Yes. Like, this okay. is her second time seeing it. It's my first, so. Yeah. Okay, fair enough. I um, I don't think I'll go see it in the cell, but, you know, when it comes out at home, I'll, I'll give it a watch. I like a little bit. Of, I'm just intrigued by that show because it seems absolutely mad um but yeah i'll go see scores 80 first probably uh and a new blink 182 i'm just having a great this is just a great time to be me frankly uh 
So yeah, everyone's been Mario. happy for me. Mario's that today. A new Mario game. I know. We won't talk about that today, mainly because I don't think we've really played it. But None of us have played we'll it. Talk it. We'll play it at some point uh, because it looks fantastic. Um, what I have been playing, though, we've all been playing a bit of Marvel Spider-Man 2. I even bloody reviewed it, didn't I? I gave it a good old 8 out of 10. It's a great game. Um, yeah, I think the first thing I'd like to say is if you loved the other two Spider-Man games, I think you'll love this one. So, you know, rest easy if you're worried about that. Um, it, it is very much more of the same um, yeah. in a good way and a bad way. Yes, exactly. Yeah. yeah. And and that means that you can expect the same levels of polish. Like, you know, it's a very sp- spectacular looking game, mm-hmm. but it doesn't really try much new. No, I feel like for me anyway, the main story and is the highlight. And I think that's what a lot of people want anyway out of this. You'll get a good, what, 17 to 20 odd hour story um, out of it, which is very good. And, it is a great Spider-Man story, I think. I think the first half does a good job at like kind of building this kind of like idyllic life. For, not necessarily idyllic, but you know, it's it's happier times with Spider-Man. His friend Harry's back in his life. He's got, he's working things out of MJ and Miles is off at school, and they're kind of you know things are settling down after you know the first Spider-Man game, Miles Morales. They kind of have their fair share of trauma. But then the second half of this, it kicks back into that gear and really goes into a life of its own, I think, and takes off in that second half. I don't necessarily like necessarily the final one or two missions as much, but the last, almost like the third quarter of the game, I think it's just like nonstop amazing. Um, But yeah, I know, Matt, you you have similar thoughts to me on that, I think. Yeah, I'm actually a little bit more critical on the first half of the game Mm -hmm. for me. I spent quite a lot of the first half of the story rolling my eyes because it's very twee. Um, mm-hmm. It's it's so uh, like dead set in its pursuit of happiness for these characters that it almost feels a bit like why is for example like its uh, depiction of Harry Osborne is he's a member of the Glee Club and he's like <laughs> this this wonderful sort of CEO for this like new company where he's like uh, employed like this incredibly diverse board and uh, you know sharing the profits and and bringing kind of Peter into it and everybody's just a little bit too kind of like so perfect that it makes you feel a bit like well where's the where's the kind of like little bit of reality grounding of this like why is everybody so kind of uh almost gen z happy um then the good stuff happens like you get to the actual inciting incident of kind of like this it's a retelling of the venom saga from the comics and i think it gets really fucking good from that point um it's out of all of the retellings of venom that i've seen so it's all you know the raimi stuff bits in the cartoon and Mm -hmm. stuff this is my favorite, I think. I think they do a really good job of making the symbiote... There's almost an element of Ridley Scott's alien to it. There's some sequences mm-hmm. where like, you're in underground passageways kind of under New York and you have like the black symbiote stuff and it feels oppressive and it feels like it stalks. And I think that side of things is done very well. And then just the general... You know, the symbiote, much like um, like the ring in Lord of the Rings, is uh, is a harbinger for kind of like terrible acts, right? And the people that are caught in the symbiote um, become horrible people. And I think it does that transition with the characters that it uses, which we won't spoil because some of those trailers might have put you in one way and maybe it doesn't go the way you think it will. Um, but the way that it deals with that, I think, is done very well. And it manages to make really interesting multi-layered characters through that, like the the friendships and relationships that the Venom elements put pressure on and like the the elements where kind of like Miles and Peter have to work their way around that, I think makes for some really interesting tinderbox kind of moments between these characters mm-hmm. uh, and some really, really good boss fights. Yeah, yeah. I, I like the symbiote stuff a lot, and I think the, yeah, the Venom stuff's definitely the highlight. I was actually pleasantly surprised. I did think for a long time maybe Craven would kind of be there and then go, but I think they do actually give him a genuine... They give him more depth to his character than I was expecting. I don't think he's as interesting as Venom as a character, but they do. there is a surprising amount there that, oh, I do actually understand mm-hmm. him a bit more. He's not just this hunter going for the pure thrill of a hunt going to New York to kill people. There is more to it than that. Um, And they do a good job there. I also, 
talking about that second half, there is some just submissions which are pure like uncharted level, like you know action set piece oh, stuff. Yeah. Which mm-hmm. the first couple of Spider Man games did have, but this takes it to a new level. Like even the opening of this game is just they know how to open a game. The first mission I think is fantastic. Just the spectacle of it is is amazing. It's such a like a welcome back to to this world. And I do actually think sadly one of maybe the best. One of the one of a couple of best missions is that lizard one they showed at the state of play, mm-hmm. which I think is just yeah. maybe the highlight of the game. But they didn't show all of it, which is good because it carries on and on, and like as it moves into the city, it gets even better. I think, but it's a shame they showed that. I know why they want to show it because they want to show off the game at its best. But I'm like, ah, if I didn't know that was happening, I would be like ten times more excited by this. But yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I just think the story is. It's great, and it is great as a main campaign. It's where the side stuff, I think, not all of the side stuff lets it down. There is some more interesting side stuff, but a lot of it is, I think, checklist stuff, which I was hoping we'd move away from slightly. I know a lot of people enjoy that, and it's not necessarily as... Like, if you're into going around and collecting things or doing time trials, you'll have a great time. But I was just... I know you're on the same page as me, Matt. We're just hoping for maybe the next step up, the next evolution of what Insomniac can do with an open world. Yeah, I think... Oh, sorry. Just to sort of jump in there. So I feel the same. If it wasn't for you guys telling me to do these specific side missions, I would have ended up doing... You know, one moment I was on top of a roof watering some plants and I'm just like, what the fuck? Why am I doing that? Yeah, And Mm -hmm. then on the map there's oh there's a, this other quest line but it doesn't differentiate between the two and it's like that's, this is a, that's more a, interesting yeah this mm. is a thing that i think that is a problem is there there are clearly quest lines and yeah. side activities but the thing is is it wants to group the side activities into what i think the designers believed were quest lines but really are just checkbox activities so yeah. there's a lot to do with um kind of like uh Botany, I guess, yeah. is the the best yeah. term for yeah, it. Yeah, you're doing kind of, yeah science research, and, stuff. and there there is a vague storyline that runs through that to make it feel like it is a quest line. But ultimately, what it is is a bunch of what I think are quite bad mini games where you lay down tiles to kind of fulfill, splicing, yeah, um, different th- things. Yeah, this weird botany thing, and then that quest line in particular is quite bad for this because there's also a drone mini game where you go around like firing off Mm -hmm. virtual bees and then there's the one where you have to kind of like rotate um like dna strands and break things out that's the one i enjoyed the most but like they're never challenging and not that i necessarily want really hard puzzles but i just think it says a lot where every single puzzle mini game in this game it immediately gives the option like would you like to skip this it's like it's almost like they know people want to not do these it's weird yeah so all of those oh sorry go on I was just saying, all of those feel like they fulfill this kind of like, it's never quite as with lacking in meaning is the way that kind of the first game had got a lot of, it was just go and find things. So like go and find the backpacks that are hidden around. There was was a lot of that in the first game. And they've narrowed that down to the point that there's only really one thing like that in this game, which is find the spider bots Mm -hmm. that are hidden all the way around. Everything else has kind of been made a little bit more meatier, but I find that the the mini game stuff feels so pulled from kind of 2007 game design. Like it feels really two generations old at this point. But because there's not a lot of differentiation between that and, for example, there is a quest line called The Flame. It's only about four missions long. That is genuinely worth doing because yeah. they are actual missions which, you know, feel like smaller versions of your main quest that lead to quite an important reveal at the end. Yeah. Those but, are much more like what Arkham are doing, right? Yeah, They're almost yeah. like flashes mm-hmm. of Arkham, like little villain side stories, basically. Which And, like, characters pop up, and it's like, it's really good, and I was hoping for more of that. And you only kind of really... That's the only really, like, one of those... Miles has kind of an equivalent, which is more charming and, mm-hmm. like, actually quite... I, I liked where that went, but, like... Yeah, I just wanted more... Like, Spider-Man has almost... Batman aside, like an unmatched rose gallery, I think, of villains. And this does use quite a few of them, and a couple do pop up. But, like, just it, I just wanted one or two more surprises. You know, I always use the Man-Bat comparison, but to me that is, like, the gold standard of, like, a reactive open world of just, like, oh, this is happening mm-hmm. now. And But, like, I just wanted... I just wanted that in this world, and I didn't quite... I didn't quite get it. And I know, like... 
the open world structure of this game will be like a comfort blanket for a lot of people, and like they won't they'll, they'll read my criticism of it and be like, oh, that that sounds fine, that's cool. If you enjoy that, in, enjoy it. But I just I don't know. I wanted I wanted that next step. And like we're saying there, it kind of buries kind of a half step in amongst a lot of mud. <laughs> uh, but yeah, well, I think like coming off the back of playing two hundred hours worth of Tears of the Kingdom. When yeah. you've got that open world and you see, oh, what's that? That's interesting. And mm-hmm. you go and discover something cool. This, it puts a massive neon HUD around it and says, oh, you should look here. And it just doesn't feel as organic there's, or there's interesting no when you get through it. Discovery or exploration, really. Is they're not, the, and they're not, I felt because they're not, they're obviously not going for that, right? They're not, they're not, that's not what they're aiming for. So it feels bad to criticize that to an extent. But like, what I want to see nowadays is that sort of thing. Like, my favorite open worlds are and like Red Dead, like a stranger will pop up. And this does have kind of, they're, they're hardly stranger missions, but there are one or two that kind of leave a bit of an impact. But they're never really quirky enough for like, I don't remember those characters' names apart from like one from a previous game. But, um, or like I've actually the last few days, um, because I'm kind of in between games, I've gone back to Yakuza Like a Dragon, <laughs> and I've been walking around that world. And like every side story, every like activity has a memorable character, something quirky, mad going on. Like I remember their story. They're not just one step; they're normally like two steps to their quest line. Whereas this, it's like you'll meet someone, they'll like, you'll you'll swing 300 meters away, beat someone up, come back, and they'll be like, "Thank you," mm-hmm. and that's kind of it. I'm just like, I just wanted. I don't know. I wanted to connect to the people of New York more, Matt. But oh, I think yeah, there's there's a lot of the kind of um, also not necessarily to do with the people where you'll do the same thing over and over. So, for example, there's these things where you have to follow these robot birds and they essentially mm. make kind of wind tunnels behind them. But you will do that about six times and yes. there's no variation other than the route they take. Um it's got another equivalent of like go here and beat up these 20 guys and then get the reward from the end of it there's a lot of doing the same thing over and over and i think i agree that this game did not need to aim to be breath of the wild or tears of the kingdom like it's not that sort of game what i think it should have done that takes from that and then also looks back to arkham knight as Mm -hmm. a a good example of how to do like an urban um, open world is that idea of there can be a theme to like you know a villain's set so let's say kind of like like the mysterio has a presence in this game um that is to do with just challenge rooms and there's no variation in that at all um i would have liked to have seen kind of like maybe there's a theme to do with mysterio that runs through it but that changes every time you do an activity with him and if that meant reducing the amount of activity in this game i think i would have been happy with that i'd yeah. have been happy with reduced hours for a higher quality and yeah. a higher ambition bar for that open world because they're not really quest lines that's the thing like they mm-hmm. kind of paint themselves quest line because like, you'll complete one then like you'll get a phone call or something for 10 seconds be like oh we're looking into this i think i found something but it doesn't really progress the story until you finish each of those branches and you will get admittedly some of them have like a really cool like minute long cutscene at the mm-hmm. end which reveals something or teases something but like it doesn't feel like a quest line it feels like you've done all the work now have a treat like yeah. they put like the carrot in front of the stick rather than like you know interesting breadcrumbs along the way mm-hmm. like I think this is... I don't want to be too down because I do think this is still a great game. Well, and, like, the, the combat is still, like, as as good as any combat I've played in a game. Like, I think it feel, still feels amazing. My, but, my yeah. point with all of that is kind of, like, for the first kind of, like, maybe 12 hours I played of it. No, le- less than that. Maybe about eight. Um, I kind of felt like I enjoyed it, but I was like, this is just the same game that I've played before, but I get to play as two Spider-Men now. And I wasn't enjoying the storyline as much. Like I think the first section of the original Spider-Man and the first section of Miles Morales is better than the first section of this. However, when you get to the the section that people saw at Summer Games Fest, where you mm-hmm. see Peter kind of launch himself out of a basement and then go down the river, from that point onwards... I went from thinking like, oh, this is just the same and I would have scored it the same as I would have the last one, which I'm harsh on the last one. I would have given it a seven. Um, That's where I started to see an increase in quality because I think whilst the open world is only like a quarter step, half step forward, I think the storytelling in the back half of this game is better than the storytelling in the previous games. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and you know what? The weird thing is, you know, 
I'm not being too cruel because again, I think this is a great game, and I had a lot of fun playing it. Did platinum in it in what twenty seven hours? Mm-hmm. But the thing is, like. At the same time, I was like bored of doing these repetitive tasks. But when it ended, I was like, oh, I wish I had more to do. Because once you're done, you're done, if you know mm. what I mean. Like, mm. you can go do the random crimes, which are the same, pretty much the same as last time. And thankfully, you don't need to do any random crimes this time. You could be a terrible Spider Man and completely ignore every random crime alert because you don't need to do them. Um, but like, that is kind of all that was, yeah, <laughs> that's kind of all that was left to do. And I was like, oh, I, I still. For, for its flaws, I was like, oh, I still want more of this. Like, I would still play. And ultimately, I suppose that's. Insomniac is so good at turning these games around. Like, if every two years I get a 15 to 20 hour cool Spider Man story, I guess that's great. But yeah, part I don't know where to do with I don't the, know where they go from here. I'm looking forward to Wolverine. Is uh, what I will say. Well, yeah, mm-hmm. I think part of it's to do with the polish, though, right? Like Al, you said earlier that it's it's so supremely polished in the way that kind of like that swinging has never felt as good as it does mm-hmm. in this. And I know that kind of like the swinging has minor improvements in this. Like for example, you get the web wings now, so you can kind yeah. of glide your way through through New York now and kind of catch the wind current so you can effectively fly. Uh, but that combined with, it's always really responsive with what you want to do. Like when you're in combat, kind of like, You've now got these kind of like, there's four gadgets and four kind of abilities, right? Which is sort of like a a slight kind of rethink of how combat used to work. Mm -hmm. Um, And being able to use that combined with the, the, the kind of web shooters, I feel that comes together really, really nicely. And I think the, there's a nice bit of differentiation between Miles has these like, confusingly called venom attacks they've got nothing to do with venom yeah. like i wish that marvel when you know when they, they probably this, went yeah they must have thought like a few years ago oh we should have called that side yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. Just like, no. <laughs> but he effectively they're electric powers and that creates some really cool elements and you can use miles whilst his standards form is the same as peter like they're both bitten by spiders right they both have that spider thing the ability for him to kind of electrify enemies and chuck them up and then use them as a effectively a conduit to send more electricity between creates almost this very cool crowd control element to him whereas peter has got um these kind of like metal spider legs that warp Mm. out the back of his back he's kind of got the iron spider thing right and then that allows you to kind of like uh like like zoom forward into people or kind of lift people into the sky and then beat them up into the top i mean all of that feels so responsive and so slick that it does feel, whilst I think there's always going to be something in my heart that likes like the brutality of the Arkham uh, combat system, I think this feels exactly what it needed for Spider-Man. Yeah. And yes, it's still relying on the basis that was made kind of, what, like four years ago now, but it still works and it still feels really good and it's that polish that carries it so yeah. far. And those new symbiote abilities feel great too as well. Once you get those, they feel great. And I think as a whole, like I don't, this game is just like a technical marvel like, i'm yep. not sure i've seen a more technically impressive game this like even the small things of like not that you ever really want to do it because tra- like you know swinging around this world is so fun but the fast travel in this game is absolutely absurd like i think it's 1.3 seconds and not only that you can pinpoint anywhere on the map and it will take you to that street within like a second and a half yeah. it's it's ridiculous and the fact that ray tracing cannot be turned off in this game it's just on like there's no there are performance modes if you want it in 60 which is what i went for because i think you want it as smooth as possible and it still looks stunning but like fidelity performance mode they all just have ray tracing on like i don't know what they're doing over there in somniac but like they've managed to give the optimal experience for everyone and i it's just i can't like i had i didn't have a single hard crash like I don't. I don't even know if I saw like a dropped frame. It was that good. Like it, they're they're doing something on the next level over there. I think yeah. I had to restart three or four missions because whatever I had to achieve mm-hmm. wasn't open to me. But it, mm-hmm. you know, it was that might have been I, patched I, out now by I, now. I'm yeah. sure it probably was, and it was a couple of minutes of replaying stuff. It wasn't anything bad. I think for me, the, my experience of it was much like a Marvel movie, and you know, and I think that's a good thing. Is that you know. I came away from it thinking, well, that was satisfying. It's not the greatest game I've ever played, but, you know, it's a brilliant blockbuster popcorn mm-hmm. game. Yeah. In like, this they instance. are on, if we're looking, I've actually, well, by the time this is out, my 
I've, I've written a column for Beyond about uh, like the storytelling formula for PlayStation and how it's kind of developed. I do feel like they they, they have kind of taken that and they did with this first Spider-Man game. It's all about you know finding the emotional core in like world-ending <laughs> disasters. This is basically the PlayStation theme of the last ten years or so. I do feel like I still have insomniac on that like run below like the naughty dog and santa monica Mm -hmm. level like they haven't reached that uncharted god of war heights for me yet they're kind of on that level with ghost of tsushima for me that just run below which haven't quite i don't know if it's i don't know it's purely because they're both open world games and it's harder to achieve that it's also they feel because of the structure of spider-man outside of its story it feels so much like a video game whereas um and i'm not saying feeling like a video game is bad like i love a lot of games that are very video gamey but on those sort of ambitions naughty dog and santa monica make you feel like you're part of this experience and there's a little less of the kind of video game kind of tropiness to those even though they are also full of their own tropes but this is a a lot more of a checklisty sort of game than those are. Yeah, they've got different ambitions, right? I think mm-hmm. slightly, even if their stories are aiming for similar sort of ground. I think. But it would yeah. be interesting to see what they do with Wolverine. Like, would they go like the Logan route and do something completely different with I that think character? They'll or go, they'll go th- traditional superhero. I'm sure they're going to go traditional superhero. I don't think they will. I really? think they'll go more. Lo- I think they'll go more like 16, 18 rate. I feel like that. I don't think it'll be open world. I think it'll be more. I think it will be more God of War like, like open areas sort of behind the show. That works because Wolverine can't quite, he doesn't swing around, right? He can jump, he can run quick, <laughs> but like, I feel like that's much more, you can always see it like the Kratos sort of moveset, right? Almost yeah. for Wolverine. Um, that's what I'm hoping for anyway. I don't know anything. But, but I t- yeah, in terms of the maturity though, I'd love to see them tackle something with a bit more kind of like, yeah venom i was gonna say i don't think they'll go (laughs) fully fully dark but i do think he'll be you can't make a wolverine game and not ripping people up can you i mean i guess they (laughs) have because there's really only the you know the tying game they did that's the only one i can think of where it's like blood like cascading Uh, out of people these days though that's what i don't know that's what i want anyway but we'll see i'm looking forward to it knowing insomniac that'll be out in like a year <laughs> basically a pump them out i don't know I don't know what they're doing but yeah let's know what you think of spider-man 2 ign underscore uk feedback at ign.com it's a very good game had a very fun time with it um yeah good stuff in it uh <laughs> when you're not playing the game maybe you'll want to watch some tv the fall of the house of usher is out just in time for halloween al you've already uh finished all of this uh, I mean, you did have to sacrifice being quiet on well. So, yes. you know, that's how you got through <laughs> it. Really bad kidney pains while watching. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, you finished it. I've only watched the first three. Matt, you've watched the first four. I have, So, yeah. And we wouldn't spoil it all anyway, so don't worry. But if you don't know what The Fall of the House of Usher is, it is Mike Flanagan's new horror Netflix series. I say horror, horror drama. He's good at that sort of, like, family dynamic horror, right, of Hill House and Midnight Mass and all of that jazz. This is based on... The House of Usher from Edgar Allan Poe, but also a lot more of his short stories. He kind of fuses in there. He, uh, the second episode does a great job of the mask, uh, the mask of red. Is it the rock? I've completely forgotten the mask of red death. I think that's the name of that short story, which is a great one. Um, but yeah, if you're into your Poe like me, a lot of little nerdy things with like names going on in there and stuff, but I'm having a great time so far. I'm only three episodes in, but um, it's very much what I wanted, right? It's, succession but horror is practically what this show is um and the coolest thing this is by no means a spoiler at the end of every episode i'm still not over it three times in just the name of the show turning up right at the end of every show with a big thud to me that's just a cool little touch but uh what are you guys thinking? is that your takeaway <laughs> I, I just love that because i'm like yeah he that, that's it's, it's a nice little flex that i like it's just like boom at the end of every episode like the fall of the house of usher um it's good. Great cast as well. Pretty much every face you've seen in a, yes, exactly. a Mike Flanagan show before pops yeah. up. Uh, Mark Hamill's really creepy. I'm only three episodes in, but he's being a right he's, creep. He's very good in it. Like, yeah. So I am not familiar with the source material at all. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. In fact, I read uh, IGN's Explainer, which is very good, actually. And it gave me loads of details, which I was oh, I didn't realize that. Um, I liked it. Mm-hmm. I liked it a lot. 
but I think he set the bar so high with Midnight Mass and with Hill House, which were my two favourites of his, mm-hmm. that it, this doesn't quite reach up to that. Um, yeah. I didn't feel like there was quite as much at stake. Um, That's fair. I mean, I'm only a few in. I would say, yeah. For me, Hill House is still number one with Midnight Mass ever so slightly behind it. Um, I think they're both like near masterpieces. Yeah. But this is still... Um, yeah, I'm not sure this is quite reaching that level for me yet, but I'm having a fantastic time with it. And yeah, Matt, are you, are you enjoying I'm, yourself? I'm, I'm less fussed on this. So I actually oh, really Just liked... enjoy something, Matt. Have a fun time. <laughs> <laughs> I... I like the first episode a lot, which I think has big succession vibes. Yeah, like yeah. very much has that sort of thing going on. And I really like the the core concept of the show, which um, I think we can outline that. So yeah, essentially, yeah, the fall of the house away. of Usher. So Usher as a house is kind of like they essentially own like this mass. They're big farmer. They're a big farmer um, kind of mm-hmm. household. Um, as and, in pharmaceuticals, yeah. farmers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and basically kind of like the the opening episode uh like straight off the bat reveals that basically uh the head of the usher house uh his children have all all died and so the basic kind of structure of the show is that each episode kind of adapts a edgar Allan poe short story into mm-hmm. like the story of one of these children yep. that have kind of died adult children not not actual teenagers yeah, or whatever yeah. um and so i love that structure and there's a lot of kind of flanagan elements about it that i like um very often like a weird thing out the corner of your eye to to have a look at he's great um uh, like really good set design really good costume design as well my uh, so i don't i wouldn't say i don't think it's bad i'm going to put it out there um and i really like the horror elements of it i think it's doing that very well I am just struggling to click with the story and I don't think it's a badly told story. It's just not a story that I found investment in around each of these characters and around the th- grander... Like there's there's a little bit of kind of like stuff in the 1980s and stuff yeah. in the kind of modern day. I am just not connecting with that in the way that I properly connected with Midnight Mass's kind of like dramatic yeah. tale. I feel like there isn't really that linchpin that like relatable character which those shows had and also like it's definitely vibing off of succession a Mm -hmm. bit and despite succession most of those people being horrible individuals you still rooted for them like they still managed to get their claws exactly whereas these characters are kind of more caricatures they're more like all of these children and to us to an extent roger cutter himself Mm -hmm. as well is they're all just detestable for the most part there is no redeemable features so far anyway that i've found with any of them mm-hmm. um maybe one or two of the children aren't as bad that's fair but um so especially in the first like the first couple that die i was like oh yeah you're pretty i, I mean yeah i don't really like you mm-hmm. <laughs> like why well, i don't really care if you die which I, that's not a problem in horror like sometimes you watch a horror film and you're like i can't wait to see yeah, how this yeah. person mm-hmm. dies um but so far i'm only three episodes in but she's been in a lot of his stuff but carla Gigino is incredible yeah. in this so far she's like taking it to a next level very and, chameleon like in this in that she gets yeah. to kind of like try out different kind of vibes with each mm-hmm. episode that she's in which is she's very cool yeah i'm just having a great time yeah it's hard to sort of talk about without going into spoilers because i do think it wraps up some things some seeds that it plants early and it, i think it does a good job of bringing that together um and i'd be interested to have a sort of more open conversation when you finish watching it um and i also think that when it goes all in like mm. some of the death scenes are like jesus christ it's like, they are some of his gnarliest like, like yeah. there's there's eyes popping out and all sorts of yeah. grim horrible grossness oh yeah. expect that yeah that second episode is like the way it ends is like you know yeah, there's a lot of flesh. Let's yeah. put it that way. There's a <laughs> yeah. It, it goes there. I haven't. I've deliberately not looked up like what. Um, oh, my next door maybe just started drilling. So if you can hear that, I apologise. But maybe I'm in a Flanagan show. Maybe it's going to come through the wall, and I'm going to yeah, I don't know. Drilled to death. The stuff so in the speak. walls in the next episode you've got to watch. Oh god, oh brilliant. God, yes. Well, um, I deliberately haven't looked up what short because I'm not. I don't. I haven't read everything from our grandpa but i'm familiar with enough of the stories to know like oh here's how this one is gonna go because mm-hmm. especially like i said the mask of the red death like that's this uh second episode it kind of mm, fairly 
follows what happens in that short story. So I was like, oh, I know. Even like the character called Prospero is mm-hmm. the same, like, you know. Right. So like, I'm guessing like there's no way, and I think they've already alluded to it. Like the Telltale Heart is is a banger, and I hope they do it. I, it's, I feel it's like there. yeah, I feel like they're they're that's kind of almost going to be the crux of this. I feel, and uh, yeah, I'm very much into that. But yeah, read a bit of Edgar Allan Poe if you haven't. Some good stuff. <laughs> I feel but, yeah. like I've watched it now. <laughs> exactly, Fall of the House of Usher on Netflix. If you haven't watched it. Only eight episodes, hour long each. Probably won't get much better things to watch this Halloween than that, I imagine, that's new. So, I started watching uh, Haunted Mansion on um, <laughs> Disney+. Plus. Jesus, that is a chore to get through. Oh, dear. <laughs> I have not. Oh, well. um, I did watch a couple of weeks ago. Um, I don't know. I wasn't on the podcast, and I don't know if you mentioned it, Cody, but that Totally Killer that's on Amazon at the moment. I haven't, haven't watched that's, that. That is a, a real fun watch. It's a it's a it's like a fun Halloween film rather than a horror one. But that is basically, it's like Scream. It's kind of got that slightly meta mm-hmm. slasher element about it mixed with back to the future because it's about oh, okay. um uh, uh people that have survived a slasher like years ago uh co- and that slasher returns kind of like a few decades later and so there's literally a time travel machine in it that takes uh someone back to that era almost back to the future like in order for them to be able to change the past to stop the slasher is it a little bit like that Fear Street that was on Netflix? No, so Fear, Fear Street is much more of a straight horror. Like I, okay. lo- I loved Fear Street. I liked Fear um, Street as well. I thought it was great. Uh, and that was much more kind of gnarly and, you know, mm-hmm. yes, had got... I mean, literally, I think the guy that scored Scream does the score for that. So it got proper Scream vibes to it. But whereas that is more of a full-on slasher, this is definitely more in the vibe of... If you've watched uh, Happy Death Day, it's got... Uh, I haven't. It's got more of for anybody that has seen that. It's more. It's definitely a comedy, um, but you know, it's got it's got plenty of blood in it and stuff like that. Um, but it's definitely a riff on Scream. It's got a bit of Halloween to it. But as I say, the fact that it literally has a time travel machine in it makes it much more of a kind of like it's the, it's the sort of Halloween film that you put on at seven o'clock rather than at midnight. <laughs> I swear, I watched a horror film to an extent this week. I rewatched Spotlight again. Uh, yeah, master, absolute masterpiece. <laughs> if you haven't watched Spotlight, <laughs> watched it again. That's a weird like when I have a list of comfort films. That is a weird comfort film for me. So I'm like, oh, there's just two hours of people talking really intensely, while someone behind me is just drilling through a wall. Apparently, <laughs> so there we go. Enjoy listening to that. Um, yeah, <laughs> what a noise that is. Um, anyway, for the house of usher, check that out. Um, Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. The Endless Search... We've been continued to send in endless search themes, and we've got a banger this week, um, which you'll hear in a moment. Uh, it was sent in from, let me find my document, sent in from Adam Demby. Uh, and it's not drill music, uh, which is what you're hearing at the moment. <laughs> Um, this one's from Adam Denby says hi IGN UK folks since Cardi mentioned Blink 182 last week and the ongoing theme song debate is yet to reach a conclusion I decided to record a pop punk version of the endless search like 90s garage music pop punk will likely be divisive but I wanted to put something uh, I want to put forward something that touched on another late 90s to early 2000s genre that gives us something new without losing the legacy of the original theme song brilliance I always look forward to the podcast, everything. I'd love to hear what you think of the track submission. As always, respect the sea. And that's from Adam Demby. I still listen to pop punk now. I listen to old pop punk. I listen to new pop punk. Stop laughing at the drill, man. <laughs> it's like you've just you've got a wind problem, Cardi. <laughs> <laughs> it's a drill. I promise it it's a drill. And there's nothing I can do about it. They're getting their kitchen refitted. I can't tell them to stop because I'm talking about Spider-Man. <laughs> Oh, well, anyway, why don't we give everyone a break from the drill and listen to this theme song, um, which is definitely 
a little slice of pop punk. Here it is. Yeah, yeah, on the ones and twos. We got the games gonna play for you. Inside questions for you. Yeah, yeah, on the ones and twos. We got the games gonna play for you. Inside questions for you. It's the endless. It's the endless search. So this week's endless search uh, was sent in by Lee Burton, who also sent us in a theme tune, but we're going to be running that at a later date. Uh, his endless search is what the hell did we say that about? So we've got five games or movies or TV shows. Uh, and he's pulled quotes from each thing. Oh, and no, you have to guess. guess what they're in reference to. I do always worry it's going to be something I've written. I just forgot. If it. you guess it <laughs> on the first clue, you get five points all the way down to the fifth clue. One point. There are mentions okay. of said TV shows, games, etc. in some of these quotes, at which point I'll just go, eh, or something, something <laughs> okay. really annoying like that. <laughs> okay. Well, that would sound of a drill. Exactly. <laughs> um, um, are we going to be told if it's a game, a TV show, a movie? Why don't we start and see okay. how we get on? And then okay. if, if it's getting too hard, then I'll give you clues. Okay. I've got it. But got for it. now... Let's start with the first one. So for five mm. points, you're never ever going to get this. <laughs> but <laughs> if 2020 needed anything, it was... I mean, it's something that came out in 2020. That's what we've got. Um, ah, I, th- I think I might know this. Oh my God. Is it Animal no, Crossing New Horizons? Not, no, oh, I thought if you're going to get it. That was like the thing everyone mm-hmm. needed in 2020, wasn't it? Oh, they needed this too, apparently. Oh. I've tried to wipe most of 2020 from my memory. <laughs> fucking horrible. Um, what did 22? Needed something nice and comforting, right? Which you would say is Animal Crossing, but it wasn't. Um, was it Call of Duty Warzone? <laughs> <laughs> Something nice I did need that. To, to be fair, that did get me through a lot of that year. Okay. Uh, but, but yeah, saying... I love how you said nice <laughs> yes. and something and then went, call a G. Uh, that's <laughs> not what I expected you to say. Uh, and unfortunately, it's not the right answer. Um, so uh, for four points, uh, is the sort of pure positivity infused joy your heart... Uh, sorry, sort of pure positivity infused joy your heart has likely sought out in these dark times? I definitely didn't like that. And if I did, I apologise. <laughs> that to me makes it sound like it's a TV show or a, f- or a film rather than a game. Is it Ted Lasso? Oh. Ding, ding, ding. Oh. Yes, it is. Of course. The tweest of all tweeners. Uh, four points. So look, I don't think you do need me to tell you whether it's a no, maybe game or not. TV show. Maybe not. God, maybe I... Oh, Ted Lasso. And I think... Well, obviously that was that that set it in a certain time frame, right? So maybe that helped. We'll see yeah, how we yeah. get on with these other. Oh, arms. it definitely helped. Right, the second one for five points. It's aggravating that there's no way to invite players to join your matches. Remnant two. No. I mean, that was just, exactly what no, I was going to go Because me and Matt had that exact issue. We're like, should we play this together? It's like, oh, well, we couldn't invite each other at launch, so we never played it again. Um, you can't invite. Well, it's definitely a game, then, isn't it? It is a game. Yes. Um, quick guess, Matt. No idea. All right, not a clue. For four it's points, broad. it's just as amazing in 2017 as it was in 2014. Oh, something that. So, was- is it a remake that came out in 2017, like a remaster, or is it? Like yeah. a, a reassessment. Mm. When did so just as amazing in 2017 as it was in 2014? Yes. Hmm. I think this is a big clue. Yeah, is it Overwatch? It is not Overwatch. No, uh, no, because Overwatch was 2016, 2016 when it came out. Yeah. Uh, my head was good, and you can definitely invite. Like, what game would you not be able to invite people to? Oh, I think it. Um, Okay, I've got. I was going to say that, but I'm going to keep that clue to myself. 
Do you want to have a quick guess? Uh, no, we'll move on. But Is I think I'm on the like Grand Theft Auto Five or Grand Theft Auto Online. No. Nope. Let's, let's move three on. points. This is the best entry in the series so far, and it has all the content you'll need. I think the, the clue before was... That's not any easier. No, the, the clue before was a bigger clue. all the content you'll need. And it's very much about at least one of those years is a big clue. One of those? Like what happened in one of those years. Um... Uh... It's not it's not FIFA Legacy Edition on Switch, is it? <laughs> I don't know. Is it it's not Final Fantasy fourteen, is it? It is not, no. Oh. For two points, every course, character, and mode is unlocked right from the start. Mario Kart eight. It is Mario Deluxe. Kart. Oh, Deluxe. Oh, that's it. Deluxe. Oh come on. <laughs> uh, it is Mario Kart eight, yes. You can't invite people. Well, that's what we wrote about it. Maybe maybe you can now. Maybe. I don't. But yeah, I think obviously 2017 was the launch of the Switch year, so it was something that came up uh, previously. Maybe, that was, and... maybe that's Nintendo like online at launch wasn't good at all, was it? So maybe it's fine now. No. Uh, number three for five points. Especially in the opening hours, it's hard to tell what's supposed to be real and what's supposed to be all in the kids' collective imagination. The kids' collective. Hmm. <laughs> that was going to say something bad, but it definitely would be that. Uh, it takes two? No. Lock and key? No. No. <laughs> That was that was left field. I like. Yeah, well, you know, I haven't thought about that in a few years. Uh, for four points, it still delivers its share of the "Wow, they went there" moments. They went there. Is it Gen V? No. Oh, that ticked the boxes. I know. I've not watched that yet. I do want to get around to seeing it. It's good. No, I've not got a clue. Okay, for three points. While it's mostly absurd, the kid's superhero fancy is actually a little touching in places. Oh, it's definitely... Mm. I'm, I'm now I'm confused. <laughs> so it's, it's kids that think they're superheroes, it sounds like. Uh... <laughs> I, yeah, I think so. I've not actually experienced this because I don't want to tell you whether it's a game, TV show, or movie either. <laughs> um, but you'll get, you'll find um, out what it is with the next clue. Okay. Uh, um, across the Spider Verse. No, I don't know anything. Right for two points. Of course, this being an RPG, the primary interaction you have in eh, is combat. So RPG it's an RPG. Kids, kids. Oh, is it South Park the Fractured Butt? It is. <laughs> South Park the Fractured Butt. <laughs> there we go. Only because I literally made a playlist of that in the other day on IGN Playlist. Check mm. it out for your game rank nice. needs. <laughs> Four points each. So still very oh. much all to play for. Uh, Didn't I get the second one on three, or have I gone mad? No, you got the second one on uh, two points. Every course character mode is unlocked right from the start. Oh, okay, I did. Sorry, I won't. How dare again. you question me? I'm going to take oh, a point off you if you do that again. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> right, question four for five points. Uh, forget all the external noise from the deliberately vague te- teaser trailers, perfectly calibrated celebrity sound bites, and footage leaks. And just strap in for the ride. God, that's a hell of a mouthful. I don't know. Do you want me to, do you want me to read it again? Or Yeah. <laughs> Forget all the external noise from the deliberately vague teaser trailers, perfectly calibrated celebrity sound bites, and footage leaks, and just strap in for the ride. Footage leaks. So it was leaks, oh, but there was a lot of... Is, is it The Flash? No. <sighs> Good guess, though. Not, not a clue. Okay. For four points. 
feels like it was made by fans for fans to the point where some scenes will undoubtedly be labelled as outright fan service. Is it Spider-Man No Way Home? Oh, that's a good one there. Uh-huh. I think I'm going to need another clue. Okay, for three points, there's no denying that this is the end of an era. Is it the Snyder Cut? It is not. No. End of an era. Is this just Endgame? What's your Avengers Endgame? It is Avengers Endgame. Yes. Avengers... <laughs> there we go. <laughs> do you only need to say Avengers Endgame instead of? Just... Well, yes, I do. <laughs> I'm sorry. I didn't mean Ender's Game. If that's what you. <laughs> uh, correct. Right. You're on um, seven points, Cardi. Matt, you're still on four. Thank you. Last question Ooh. for five points. Take a moment to consider how bizarre this game world really is. Balan Wonderworld. What? <laughs> Balan oh, Wonderworld. <laughs> if it was that, I'd, 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 I'd commend you. Um, Cyberpunk 2077. No. Okay. For four points... While eh, it's still packed with lunatics, a whole lot of what you encounter, for the most part, directly refer back to the main events of the game. Main events. Uh, Batman Arkham City. Nope. <laughs> a lot of lunatics. <laughs> Borderlands 3. Nope. For three points, since you actually play as one of these giant armoured monsters, the connection is strengthened. Mm. So it's a place filled with people who are unhinged. It's a bizarre (laughs) game world. Giant armoured... A celebrated game world, I would say, as well. Bioshock 2? It is Bioshock 2. Thank you very much. Well done! (laughs) Uh, three oh. points. So the final scores on the doors: ten points to you, Cardi, and four points to you, Matt. I've won. I feel like I haven't won in a long time. I feel good about that. Well, and the drilling stopped. That's good, isn't it? <laughs> just, just as the big daddies have been introduced as well. <laughs> exactly. It's meant to be, isn't that perfect? Um, as usual, IGN underscore you give feedback at ign.com. Send in your endless search games, theme submissions, and anything else you want to talk about including what we started last week was uh just reminiscing about the good old days of smoky beckham crisps and get and uh salt and linickers and we thought oh is there any modern day interpretations of these um we've had a mixed bag i'm not gonna lie a bit like a big variety bag of walkers some will be good <laughs> some will be bad um uh, but here we go are any of them bad, actually? Are there any bad flavours of Walkers? You'd eat them all, Oh, I, I thought you were going to say suggestions. I'm looking at something here, and that sounds uh, bad. Oh, yeah, yeah. There's some that don't make sense, and we'll get to that. Um, first, got one from James Heath. He says, love the football Chris chat last week. Most funnily enough, the previous weekend, my mum had been reminiscing with some relatives about when I was seven years old and tried to come up with my own, which led to the unfortunately named Salted Seaman. <laughs> <laughs> which doesn't really... Uh, You're not popping that in your mouth? I'm, I'm not i will not be no no thank you um the, be- the best i can come up with these days is pickford onion i think i went with branston pickford for some reason last week instead of the more obvious pickford onion um even better if you make these monster munch and shape them like goalie gloves it's a great they do idea look like right goalie gloves to, uh, already yes exactly should be writing in to big crisp to get those made i think uh some more here which are definitely a mixed bag as we say here's a uh, here's one which uh, we'll say from Jamie Neal says hello there been listening since 2010 and had wow. some fantastic laughs this is the first time emailing in and what a time to do it Jamie but listening to the Walkers Chris and player names being an Arsenal fan the name that popped into my head was Prawn Seaman does that work? no <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what the play on. I don't know. What, I, don't, I don't know what the porn. semen obsession is. <laughs> and it's not even like semen is like cocktail. I, I guess does he <laughs> so mean because so prawns speak. prawns come from the sea, right? I guess is the uh, connection I guess that. here. Wow. Yeah, but it's but, not. It's not a wordplay pun in the way that no. like the old crisps were. No. No. 
Um, would you rather have? Would you rather munch on some salted semen or some prawn semen? I think we should move on. That's what I think. <laughs> okay, let's yeah. move on to the last one, which is actually quite good from Mike Home. He says, "Hi guys, just into the football Chris chat. Here's my submission: submission Declan Rice and Spicy in honour of the classic knickknack Chris Labour, Nice and Spicy." That one actually works. That does work. Lots of Arsenal suggestions we as well. So, excellent. Well, you know, I'll let off because Declan Rice is a brilliant player, even if he does wear the wrong shirt. Um, what have you got, Alex? You got an email? Uh, from James Singleton, who says, uh, As he was my boyhood hero, I very much appreciated last week's David Beckham chat. So, as an excuse to bring him up again, do you remember the game Go Go Beckham on Game Boy <laughs> Advance? I do not. I do. The game follows the main character, David Beckham, on his quest to defeat the evil Mr. Woe in order to restore peace to Soccer Island. What the fuck? <laughs> they don't make games like they used to. <laughs> Beckham can use his football in order to collect items and remove enemies from play. The gameplay is similar to Yoshi's Island, and I'm sure you will agree it's an all-time classic. Respect the sea, the Endless Search theme tune, and David Beckham. It is basically a Yoshi's Island uh, ripoff. It is completely that. And I felt like I had a I had a GBA and this I think this this came out so when this came out 2002. So I was 10. Even at that age I could discern from looking at the box that this was a shiter and didn't and didn't get it. Even if I loved football and I had a GBA I was like I can tell this isn't good at the age of 10 and I didn't get it. I want, like um, at what point do you think that Beckham's people put it in front of him and said David, we've got this game for you. Or did he just literally take the money and run? I don't know. It follows David Beckham on his quest to defeat the evil Mr. Woe. I don't know. don't know. It makes no sense. Um, (laughs) Soccer Island. Come on. (laughs) So uh, Eurogamer's Tom Branwell called the game the best original platform game on the GBA. Wow. (laughs) <laughs> Maybe it isn't bad. IGN's Ben Cartilage felt the game beat most other third-party platform games for the GBA. Maybe this isn't a bad game. And and, and ten-year-old just... discerning Cardi is not so discerning after all. It Maybe yeah, I just I just wasn't the critic back then, was I? Maybe it, maybe it is good. Although people did say it was too easy and wish there was more content. Um, there we go. Maybe I need to dig out a copy of Go Go Beckham Adventure on Soccer Island. Jesse yeah. can probably hook you up to some old consoles. Oh, yeah, he's probably already got it downloaded by the time we're, we're reading this out, hasn't he? Uh, one more email, Matthew. What we got? Uh, this one's from Adam Wrigley, who says, Hello, dear all. Is that, is that hello. hello, dear all? Hello. I don't know. I don't know if we're dears or just just we're very dear to him. Just couldn't choose between hello or dear, so I went mm-hmm. for both, and I appreciate it. Yeah. Uh, I know that Matt mentioned that he'd almost finished his rewatch of Doctor Who in the run-up to the 60th, and I thought I'd chime in with my thoughts. With Russell T. Davis returning, it seems uh, it seems to supercharge the show. Not that it was not that he would suggest it was failing due to Chibnall. It was uh, Doctor Who looks set to increase its international audience in a similar vein during Matt Smith's era. With the inspired casting of Shuti Gatwa and Russell T. Davis having put out some of the best TV of the last several years, this is massively exciting to me. I'm about to start Jodie Whittaker's series, and whilst I dislike them as much as anyone, I seem to like the series more when I go back to them after a while. I'm unsure of whether there will be actually a bigger budget due to the Disney deal and other things that RTD seems to have wrangled, but I'm happy that Doctor Who is going to increase in quality and the amount of attention it it receives. I suppose I'm only really talking to Matt here, as it would be great to get some more Doctor Who chat on the pod since I started listening when I was about 13. I'm turning 25 tomorrow as I write. Happy 25th. Uh, unfortunately, I do seem to have just droned on like a massive Doctor Who obsessive here, so feel free to edit this down if you read it out. Well, we didn't. Uh, respect no. to see from Adam. Are you excited for new Doctor Who, Matt? I am. I'm fucking super excited for it. So uh, I am currently watching uh, the final... Jodie Whittaker series so after that I've only got three specials until I've done the entire run from mm-hmm. 2005 onwards um, and uh, as uh, as Adam points out there um, I'm, I'm not a fan of the Jodie Whittaker stuff at all like, I actually think it's worse this time now I'm watching it through um, and that's not entirely on Jodie Whittaker I don't think she's the she's the weakest out of all of the doctors unfortunately but it's it's mostly a Chibnall problem like him as head writer mm-hmm. on that like three seasons um, it turned it into such a 
boring downbeat show with none of the charm none of the kind of adventure of the kind of like uh the rtd or the the moffat era um but if you just wanted some very basic thoughts from me after re-watching it all um matt smith still my favorite um but uh, peter capaldi massively went up in my estimations here i did really like him in the first the first time i watched it but having re-watched it now you can really tell that when you get to the peter capaldi era there's like this much more interesting kind of making real distinct storylines that run through for each of the characters and capaldi's like evolution as that character because when he starts he's incredibly grumpy sort of almost playing on the okay everybody knows him as tucker right so we kind of Mm want to use a little bit of that and it creates for a really really dark first season with him which i really i enjoy where it goes with that it's still very adventurous but it's got that element of darkness to it but this his second series is a lot to do with him and his companion uh clara kind of almost playing each other at their own game and pushing it to the the risk so far that um, you end up with this real sort of interesting criminal pairing where it's like, who is going to be the one to sort of say, no, we're all going a bit too far here. Uh, I think all of that was done really, really well. And then unfortunately you get to the Jodie Whittaker stuff where there's essentially not a lot of personal development going on with any character in that show. It's it, it's very, very kind of bland and downbeat. I think it really suffers. So having Russell T. Davis back, who obviously is the person that did the mm-hmm. the David Tennant and the Christopher Eccleston stuff, uh, yeah, I'm excited. They did the uh, the 60th anniversary uh, orchestral stuff the other week, and all the new music is really upbeat and adventurous. So I'm expecting some good nice. stuff. Am I right in thinking before next Doctor comes to is David Tennant coming back for one or two? Is yeah, right? yeah. So the surprise was that when Jodie Whitt- Whittaker died and sort of regenerated into next Doctor Who, it wasn't Shooty Gatwa, it was David Tennant. So there's another three episodes where, mm-hmm. which is, uh, you know, unheard of really in Doctor Who, them like regenerating back into previous forms. <sighs> I um, doubt I'm going to jump back in. But like I did, I did watch the new ones up until like when David Tennant left. That's when I fell off. I didn't. Mm-hmm. I think I maybe watched a few Matt Smith ones. But I, I like Matt Smith. I, I thought don't he was know. A great doctor. I love yeah. Matt Smith. Yeah, I, I do like. I for some reason I think the show was just not interesting me anymore. Right. Mm-hmm. Like as a kid, I used to watch like the old ones all the time and the films like the old Dalek films. Yeah. And stuff. Mm-hmm. I, I used to love Doctor Who, and then I did enjoy. I did enjoy Christopher Eccleston and David Tennant quite a lot, and then I just fell off. I don't know if I grew out of it or what happened, mm-hmm. but. I doubt I'm going to jump back in, but I'm intrigued to see David Tennant come back. Maybe I'll check out. Like, will that's the thing. Like, Doc Two never really was serialized back in the old days, right? I mean, There's they were nowhere done in, near as much. Yeah, they were done in like blocks of four, right? You'd watch yeah. four episodes, and together they'd like, make a. An these, the, the way people talk about Doc Two now, I feel like if I jumped in and watched now, I'd be like, I'd be lost. Well, so quite a bit of it. I massively think that RTD is going to use this as essentially as a soft reboot. So okay. I think these three episodes with David Tennant will be nostalgia bait. It'll all be people that watched it kind of like 15 years ago. Here's just three episodes though, because it's 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 David Tennant, it's Donna, it's it's um, Catherine Tate. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like, it, it's just nostalgia bait, but it, it makes sense for the 60th anniversary. You want something that celebrates what was good about Doctor Who and season four, which was um, Catherine Tate and David Tennant, is one of the strongest seasons. So I think that that will just be a, like, if you haven't watched it since David Tennant, I think it's, you know, you'll get some joy out of that. I think anything that comes after is going to be um, basically a soft reboot. So I think you can just nice. jump in from there. Well, there we go. Dot two coming back. Do you know what's... I doubt I'll jump back in, but maybe I'll look. I what's know. weird is during my long and esteemed career, I have worked with two people who have gone on to work on Doctor Who. Oh, really? One as a writer, and then one I don't know. Is it, is it like the production places in Cardiff, or he used to be? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he moved to Cardiff to go and do something on it as well. So right. one was one used to write the novels, and then worked on it. So there we go. There, you go. there we go. Bit of Doctor Who chat on the podcast for everyone who loves Doctor Who. Um, yeah, good stuff. What are we going to be talking about next week? I don't know. Alan Wake Two's out next Friday. Probably, Probably talk, talk about, about that a bit. If we get it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Lovely. Um, good stuff. I enjoyed that. What music do we want? I suppose it's got to be a bit of bit of Insomniac Spider-Man music. Oh, I never mentioned the... Uh, maybe we'll play the Craven music. I think the Craven music's the best piece of music in the new one. Uh, as I mentioned in my review, just sounds like the Urukai uh, music from, uh, from Lord of the Rings. So I'm, I'm loving that. We'll have a bit of that. Uh, yeah, and if you enjoyed Spider-Man, let us know. IGN underscore UK feedback at IGN.com. For now... 
Here's some craven music. Goodbye. Bye. Bye. there this is justin bartha i made a funny new podcast king of the egg cream it has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like lewis black i'm torn by my feelings for two women bobby cannavale you can eat it or if someone hits you you can put it on your cut melanie linsky i wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet jason ritter i can break things and pick locks and kill people michael stuhlbarg the whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better ari grainer no don't whet its appetite what are you an idiot me justin bartha that's not just any egg cream that's a lemke's special and all narrated by the hilarious richard kind this is the story of harry dalowitz and how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.